toward Christ. Good morning, St. Peter's. Um, won't you pray with me? God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, draw near now, amen. During the pandemic, back in the days when it seemed nothing could halt the course of the virus, my family and I developed a special ritual. Using a bottle of ester oil gifted to me by a friend, we got into the habit of anointing and praying for each other before leaving our apartment. Back then, taking a trip outside, whether it was to the grocery store or just for a walk, was a fear-inducing event, fraught with concerns for safety. Death, death was too close, its nearness palpable, and life, life felt thin and fragile, real and too raw. We knew it then as a promise we couldn't make. Living the tension between grief and hope, we prayed. Our prayer followed the same pattern of most parental pleas. They were yours and you gave them to me. I can't always be with them, protect them. So with a drop of oil on an index finger, we make the sign of the cross on their wrists and send them on their way. In doing so, we'd merge historical memory with a robust hope. We'd give them the word the word as the message of God in the teaching of Jesus, we'd pray. We'd send them on their way with this story, our dreams for safety and protection against the unknown of a raging virus. It's the same story of identity, of belonging and unity that Jesus prayed when he knew the coming danger of a time after the cross. It's a prayer of hope, the same kind of prayer we hear in Jesus's words today. They were yours and you gave them to me. I can't always be with them, protect them. Jesus is preparing for the worse. He's preparing for his death, but uses this prayer to ground himself in hope. And he does it by telling us this story of ancient and sacred belonging of relationship and unity. It is the story of change, a shift, and a prayed for protection even as the world outside erupts. It is a story of yes and no, in and out, of paradox. We tell it as a reminder because although we try, we cannot see from every direction. And because the labor we're called to can feel too long, too hard. If this will be the last story, Jesus wants the disciples above all to remember the first. He wants to th them to remember their unity with God, to tether themselves to the knowledge of him as God's son, to seal themselves in this divine connection to and with the coming spirit. Jesus wants them to be one. I guess that's what we wanted and still want our kids to know in our absence, Remember who and whose you are. Find yourself in and of, protected by, 
and in union with God. A little more than 40 days after the resurrection, the celebration of sightings, sightings that brought both fear and joy, we land here. We find ourselves today seated between the story of the ascension and the promise of Pentecost, the peace and empowerment of the Holy Spirit with us. So the feeling of Jesus and his parting from us and the fulfillment of what all that means, it's fresh. We're in the in-between time, the murky middle, the not yet. The lectionary does this from time to time, forces us a pause on the way to some significant event. It insists we take a step back to remember. Jesus seems to say, if this is the last thing you're gonna hear from me here embedded in God's word, the word you believed, the story of union and love, this relationship. Jesus's followers at the end of chapter 16 are relieved he stopped speaking in metaphors and admit a level of understanding they didn't have before. By chapter 17, Jesus is excited to proclaim this victory and getting his message across. And he's moved to prayer because of it. Jesus's prayer is that the work he's done not go in vain. He asked God to protect the fragile faith of the disciples, to bless and keep their newfound unity. He prays that they might remain one in God and with each other. For Jesus, it's always about relationship. He wants to make plain the whole point of this grand scheme, that we might be willing to enter this relationship with ultimately, which ultimately knows no end. It is reciprocal and inextricably tied to a transformational dependence on God, the Son, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Richard Rohr calls this relationship with the divinity a divine dance. This relationship is, Jesus says, eternal life. When we consider the commandment to love as part of the communion in all our relationships, it empowers us even unto death. This love we know survives. Jesus tells us death is not the end, that if we accept this relationship, we are never and will never be apart from God. And that's it. That's the whole story. You are loved. You have been prayed over and for. You are protected. You are part of the source in unity with God, God's son, Jesus, and the spirit. You are not and will never be alone. This prayer is a gift, and in it, Jesus tells the story, the story of who we are and what our existence on earth is all about. It was prayed over Jesus's followers, past, present, and future. It includes and continues to change all of us. We all need to hear that. It's what we want our children to remember when we send them out into the world. It's what we need to know as we work together to bring about the reign of God. Look around, folks. This world is spiraling toward futures unknown. As I speak, India is in the middle of a devastating resurgence of COVID-19, one that is setting new records for infections and deaths and has severely strained their hospital system. Last week, they became the second country after the US to surpass 20 million cases. And just five months ago, 
the country had seemingly tamed a first surge of the pandemic. Things are changing quickly. The ongoing military occupation of Palestinian territories and their subsequent dispossession and disempowerment means tensions are always simmering in that area, always present. And so again, Israel and Gaza have been set aflame. Stateside, Liz Cheney was ousted from her position as the third ranking Republican member in Congress. She's being replaced because of her refusal to believe the lie that caused the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. And that's just a smidgen of this week's news. This is the world we have inherited, the one we are called to live in, but not of. So what does our belonging, our divine connection to God mean in light of life on this road less traveled? It means the only way forward is together. As we pursue God's nature and purpose, we know the ethical demand is to dare greatly to do the work of truth. The prayer is that we hold life consciously and that our prayers be containers of hope that motivates us to action to resist the forces of evil with a prophetic posture and stance. The mandate for us is to be unified, to lean into our post as faithful intercessors for each other and this world. Accepting this mandate is the call to active engagement as we work to understand God's character, mind and plans. Plans that have always included us. Knowing God is trusting in the possibility of this impossible relationship. That's the you in me, I in you part from the previous chapter. We live in a hostile world and until Jesus comes, that statement will be true. But we can be the representative and active mediators, the intermediators between this world and the next. We can be the embodiment of God's love in the earth. We absolutely can live into the dream of God. The road before us is not simple. Jesus knows he's headed for the hill of execution, that there will be broken bodies, a spilling of blood. For a time, God's power will go unseen. Jesus wants to prepare the disciples for that. And so he prays that they have faith in things they don't understand, in things they cannot see that they trust this story. We too are called to trust it, the story of our oneness with Jesus and God, that the Holy Spirit will come. Jesus emphasizes the relational aspect of the movement, the knowledge and connection to God's son, a relationship sustained by God's word given to us by Jesus, and the importance of binding our hearts our very selves to a dream, the importance of believing. At the core of Jesus's prayer is a call to sustaining that radical relationship. All we have are these stories and our response to them. Rodney's and mine, the marking of our children is an example, but one cosmic connection to the eternal. Why do we do it? For the same reason Jesus did. It is our desperate ask, our weeping and whispered desire for the hope of the next day and the next. In the prayer is our hope for the future. 
Our ritual in words and silence is a marking of belovedness and a connection to the ultimate embrace, the prayer that should we need it, while we are apart, we would remember. We do it to remember that in the chaos, we are named, hoped for, held. Jesus speaks into the chaos and uncertainty of his time with words of prayer. Jesus keeps vigil, steeps himself and those around him in prayer and shares God's big idea for unity in our oneness, our centering within the whole. In this prayer, he brings together his intentions for our community, his desire that God guide, care for, attend to, and keep us, that the blessing be with us, rise in us, remain with us, the final word before us, always. Jesus prays this prayer after the breaking of bread and after the foot washing, but before the heartbreak of a known betrayal, before the arrival of an advocate in the Holy Spirit, before the scattering and persecution, before all hell breaks loose, and because it gets worse before it gets better, Jesus wants the disciples to know he wants to make it plain to reveal the big truth of their belovedness and union. Beyond their connection with him, Jesus tells them of their union with God. Recently, a day asked me why we still say this prayer, perform this ritual. Though we still mask and continue to practice the usual safety protocols, the city is in the process of reopening. The vaccine rollout is happening. Each day brings more news of relaxed guidelines, of a return to some form of normalcy, and signs that life is beating back death. Is it still needed? He wanted to know. I said, yes, there's still so much to pray for. We're turning a corner for sure, but my mama heart tells me to be prepared for change. It tells me this ritual, this prayer and prayers like it have been and will be with us forever. Amen. <laughs>